You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. In Portland, Oregon last night... Downtown Portland drew a heavy police presence during a march by the far-right Patriot Prayer Group. Scuffles broke out after anti-fascist activists rallying nearby began throwing eggs, water bottles, and firecrackers. Emergency crews treated several people for minor injuries. One officer was taken to a hospital. The clashes in Portland, separate from the rallies held in cities across the country to show opposition to President Trump's immigration policies, marches were held in New York from uh, uh, from New York to Los Angeles, one here in Washington, D.C., is believed to have been the largest. Police in Boise, Idaho, are investigating a stabbing spree at an apartment complex that's home to many refugee families. The city's police chief says nine people were taken to the hospital last night, some with life-threatening injuries. A 30-year-old man is in custody. When the Federal Reserve raised interest rates recently, it boosted its economic growth and lowered its unemployment projections. Steve Beckner reports there are concerns about how a trade war could affect the economic outlook. Chairman Jerome Powell acknowledged rising trade fears but said the economy is in great shape. Philadelphia Federal Reserve Bank President Patrick Harker has not trimmed his forecasts 
while the outcome of trade negotiations remains in doubt, but he's wary about how higher tariffs might hurt his industrialized district. Until there's more clarity on that issue, I'm not willing to make any changes, but it is something that we are noting as a downside risk. Consumers could be his hard, he warns. If there's a long, sustained set of broad-based tariffs, then I think it's inevitable that you'd see prices rise. Parker says firms already face higher production costs. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner. Overseas, residents of Hong Kong mark the anniversary today of the return to the territory to Chinese rule. Britain handed Hong Kong back to China in 1997 after more than a century and a half of colonial rule. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports. Local officials held a flag-raising ceremony. Pro-Beijing civic groups celebrated with lion dances. Pro-democracy protesters called for universal suffrage and an end to the communists' one-party rule on the mainland. And police worked to keep the opposing groups apart. Pro-democracy advocates lament what they see as the steady erosion of civil liberties in Hong Kong and Beijing's steadily growing influence there. Beijing, meanwhile, insists that it respects the territory's autonomy, but it will not tolerate any attempts to challenge the Communist Party's authority or push for Hong Kong's independence. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Beijing. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. A black firefighter conducting city-mandated inspections around homes in the Oakland Hills was reported to police and on a separate occasion questioned and videotaped by a resident who found him suspicious even though he was in full uniform with his fire truck parked nearby. Several Oakland firefighters say the incident raised concerns about safety and racial bias. Racism exists in the world and it exists in Oakland and everywhere else. This gentleman refuses to move his car because he supposedly does not think that I live here. When Dr. Nene Aguacha returned home to her gated townhome community in Buckhead, she was met with an unexpected roadblock. This guy has been in front of my car now for the last 10, 15 minutes. He didn't believe me. He, he kept on accusing me of trying to tailgate him. This weekend was the first weekend of summer, and you know what that means. Same thing as every weekend, white women were calling 911 on black people. This morning, a California woman is facing outrage online after a now viral video shows her allegedly calling police on an eight-year-old black girl selling bottles of water with her mother on a sidewalk. She called police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. Yeah, and um, illegally selling water without a permit. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is July 1st, 2018, and you're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. That's, of course, I am Jay, like the man said. Glad to be here with you this morning. I hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday, no matter where you are listening from. And as always, I never share the stage by myself, but I tell you what, it's pretty light. Last week we had a, a, just a platoon of people, but this week it's just me and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She's my colleague from the Jay Ryle Show. She is my sister. 
from another mother. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa Maybelly from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jay. I love you too. Always, always. Glad to be here. I'll be here about an hour and mess with with you and the folks this Sunday morning. I can go go pray on this president we got. Oh, okay. All right. As always, uh, Mr. Elias is off today. Family reunion. If you've been listening to the show, you know this. It happens at this time of the year, every year. Also, uh, our colleague Jerome Esprit usually joins us after his commitment to Clear, Clear Channel Radio, so he should be along here shortly. The resident texter, Johnny D, is not in this morning as well. He's off this morning. Kathleen Williams is doing something spiritually, so you know we can always say we'll see you next week behind that. And of course, we don't know where Dr. Prince's idea is. So the number is 347-850-1272. And you know, if you've been listening to this show for years, you know when Mr. LES is not here, no chat room. So I apologize for that. And of course, if there's no chat room, then I will not be monitoring social media because I have so much to do right here trying to make sure everything is running properly. So the number is 347-850-1272. So if you want to talk to us, or leave a comment, you can call in. And we'd be more than happy to talk to you as long as you keep it short, respectful, let us know where you're calling from. We'll be more than happy to engage. Uh, this morning's show is a special show. It's dedicated. The full two-hour show is dedicated to one topic, and it's called The White Man's Last Stand to Protect America from Minorities. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this this morning is because what we're seeing, just the blatant uh, acts of racism. You know, a long time ago, it used to be one of those situations where you know, they weren't they weren't as blatant as they used to be, as they were. But now it's ridiculous. What's happening in America is something that, uh, in my opinion, is just over the top. You know, so we're going to focus on a few things. As you heard in the post or in the intro, you heard about the the Oakland black fighter fire fighter. He's in the neighborhood conducting neighborhood inspections, like you know, he's that the city's mandated to do, and so he was stopped by neighbors, white neighbors white people in the neighborhood, asking him, you know, who are you and what are you all about? Now, this man is in his full firefighter's gear. He has a big red firefighter's truck parked outside on the street, but yet and still, he was questioned about why was he in the neighborhood. We're going to also take a look at a story of a doctor by the name of uh, Dr. Uh, Aquacha. Aquacha. She's a doctor, Nene Aquacha. She's a doctor in the Atlanta area, lives in a very distinguished neighborhood. You know, she makes that kind of loot. That's okay. We're going to talk about how a man blocked her from going into her own gated community. We're going to focus on that, right? And then we're going to talk about Permit Patty, a white lady who called the police on a young African-American woman's girl, eight-year-old, I should say, on the corner selling cold water. The people who say, hey, you know, just trying to make a little money, no big deal. She called the cops. And then if you think about that situation, plus what happened at Starbucks, you know, what's going on with uh, what happened with all those young white males running around with tiki, you know, tiki torches. Where are we, America? So white people, in my opinion, are scared. They are nervous. Because they think that we're taking over their country. And not to mention what they're doing to these poor children on the border. People who are running from their countries because they are trying to get their kids in a better place. They're running from violence. And I actually heard a white guy, and I'm going to label them as white people, a white guy on MSNBC yesterday says, what kind of mother would take their kid on such a, on such a treacherous journey? 
What type of mother is she? This is what we're dealing with. So we're going to talk about it. Once again, the white man's last stand to protect America from minorities. Vanessa, when we think about what's going on, you know, it has to start at the top, right? I mean, when we think about what our president is doing, and he's our president whether we we like it or not, what our president is doing, it starts with him. He's emboldened people. He's provided the cover for people to act and do the things that they're that they are doing and all the stories that we're going to focus on this morning. Your thoughts? Well, it's really sad to say. I think some people see what he does and thinks that it's okay if they do it. So instead of him being a leader where he can show togetherness, he has turned the world where the racism is really prevalent. In the community now where everybody notices it I think that Him talking down to women And talking about women And talking about Other people calling them Pocahontas And talking about handicapped disabled People I think that all of this Rude crude stuff that he does Now the senators And the congress people are doing it And they just all think it's okay So they're not teaching Morals or any of that anymore They're just Following the leader who is President T. And he just clowned and acted a fool, and they're just following him. It's sad. Following the president's true. lead. And yet, he it is, is. Not president. He is. It's unfortunate. Let's bring in our uh, uh, director of social media outreach, uh, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome into the serious side. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Morning, Jackie. Doing good. Doing good. Morning. We're talking about the white man's last stand to protect America from minorities. Some of the things that uh, we're witnessing that's happening in broad daylight. Yeah, we can always say that uh, racism exists, uh, but it's always been a situation where people were kind of doing this thing undercover. As far as, at least in my opinion, nowadays it's just straight up blatant. Some of the things that they do, and there's no repercussions from any of the things that they do. Your thoughts? Uh, uh, it's it's amazing to see. I mean, it's I mean, like they said, they feel like they can get away with it because of the president is doing it. But you know, but what I like is it just no nobody's getting away with nothing. It's all going to eventually come to a head. I mean, it's just amazing to see. I mean, it's been. It's been boiling over for years. It, it's not like it didn't really exist. It's just been undercover anyway. So it's just interesting to see how, you know, they just, <laughs> I mean, they just coming out the woodworks and thinking that they can do it and get away with it. But, I mean, you, you just better under, understand what's that. <laughs> you just better understand. You, you're the one going to pay for it. That's the bottom line. 3478501272. Uh, okay, so we can say that they're going to pay for it. We can say that, uh, you know, it's a long time coming. Uh, we can act like we're surprised. But, you know, when I think about uh, what white people are experiencing, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, for example, 
look what's going on with the Supreme Court. You know, all of a sudden, there's the possibility of, of you know, this president appointing uh, a chief, a justice, I shouldn't say chief justice, or a justice to the Supreme Court, which is the, you know, the, the Supreme Court is the, is the last stop for justice in this country, right? I mean, you have all these different courts, uh, you know, at, 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 at local, uh, at the local level, uh, federal level, but when once it gets to the Supreme Court, that's it. That's the ruling of the land. They are the end all and be all, and so there's a possibility that they may put someone on the court. That may abolish Roe versus Wade. Think about that for a second. So here, you go, here we go again. You have white people telling you what you can do as a woman with your body, and then you have the possibility of them coming back and getting rid of affirmative action. So now, once again, but here's they're a trying to stop him from that, Jay. Well, who? Okay, when you say try, how can it? Here's the the reality that we're dealing with, right? That, you know, there's a nuclear option that's out there. You have, in order for this, the, the Democrats to stop this, because they are in the minority, they need to pick up at least. Everyone, first of all, needs to hold strong on the Democratic side, which, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, because you have three Democrats that are up for re-election in uh, red states, and they've been wishy-washy before. Matter of fact, these same three Democrats voted for uh, the, uh, this one guy, the guy that they just put on the Supreme Court. Right, so they, they voted for him. So you have to get everyone in your ranks to stand tall, and then you have to pick off one or two Republicans on the other end. And usually, people are looking at uh, the senator from Alaska and uh, Susan Collins. They look at those two as easy pickoffs because they're more of what we call moderate Republicans. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's a very you know that's not a very strong foundation. Right? I mean, you don't know. Because Joe Manson is saying, I don't know why he's a Democrat, just become a Republican. Because, I mean, it's ridiculous. He's so wishy washy. So that tells me that these people don't put country first, they put their political careers first. Think about the number of Democrats who lost their seats because they voted with the, the Affordable Care Act, AKA Obamacare. They voted for that and they put their political careers on the line, and a lot of them did not get reelected. That's true patriotism, not worrying about your job, doing what's right. So they can't stop it. I mean, there's a, there's a pathway. It reminds me of, if you're a football fan, how if your team is sitting at 9-7, and seven, for all you football fans out there, it's like, well, they can still get into the playoffs. If this person, if this team wins, loses, you know, you have to depend on others. The Democrats have no power in this situation, none, as far as I can see. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So, you know, once again, as we evaluate what's going on with the darkening of America and how white people are just, they are on the fringe now. They're like, look, you guys are coming to take our country. And the bottom line is we're going to step out because we have a president out there that provides us all the cover that we need to say and do the things that we want to do. I've never seen anything like this before. You know, never. So, Vanessa, when you say this, I hear what you're saying, and there is a pathway to stopping this. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's not looking good for the Democrats. It's not looking good for the Democrats at all. People are going to have to start voting in midterm elections, Jay. They're going to have to start paying attention to all of these other little, like March May we had in Houston. I mean, then they got one in November. Just because it is not a presidential election held the first Thursday in November 
does not mean that people need to stop voting. They need, and 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 I know Elias and I are forever sharing stuff on our board. I have to watch what I kind of share, but we're forever sharing stuff on our board when it's election time to go and vote because the young people need to realize that it is the House, it is the Senate, it is your congressperson, the people in your area that makes up the Democrats, which makes up the House, which makes up the Senate. They need to, and if the longest, I mean, we're talking on the show, and hopefully we're getting it out, and hopefully people are listening, but people have to go and vote for us to take over something. We've got to be able to take over something. Because other than that, this country's fixing to go back years of stuff that presidents have done and put into place. He is going to reverse all of it just because he can. Just because he can. So people have you're to, right to about vote that. to change the party. They do. So well, I you're right. You're, you're right about and that. So does Elias. Well, no, you're right. I, don't know. I mean, there, there's no, there's no, it's buts and ends about it. You are absolutely correct in your assessment of this. People don't understand that in some cases the, the midterm elections are more important than a presidential election. You know, the, the longest you're going to have a president is anywhere between four to eight years, four to eight years. Some of these Congress people have been in Congress for you know twenty and thirty years. So you know, both elections are important. But you know, think about the millions of people who stayed home during the presidential election. Think about those guys. And now what they're talking about doing, something that we haven't talked about on this show, because, you know, in the era of Trump, there's just so much to talk about. You know, they're talking about putting a proposal in place that if you don't vote within, you know, X amount of years, you lose your right to vote. And they know what they're doing because this is targeted towards minorities. Because, you know, let's be honest, we don't get out and vote like we should. We just don't. I talked to so many brothers and sisters about their power to vote. And the first thing that they tell me, oh, don't come with that stuff, Jay, that people have died uh, for my right to vote. Why not start there? People thought it was so important for them to risk their lives to step out there to to vote. And so you have all these jokers at home that's not voting. I know a whole bunch of African Americans that, that don't vote. We need to vote. Go ahead, Vanessa. I have a relative that makes six figures that has a ninth grade education and doesn't vote. It doesn't vote. Okay, then let's bring it to home. My daughter has a master's degree in finance and she's a CPA and she makes six figures and she didn't go vote because she said she didn't like Trump and she didn't like Hillary. So when Bobby and I was having a conversation recently, and she had some stuff to say, me and Bobby turned and looked at her like the exorcist. We were like, you didn't even go phone because you didn't like Hillary and you didn't like Trump. So shut the hell up. I'm sorry, shut up is what we told her. She was the cause of this. People like my own child and my other relative is the cause of having this mess going on in the White House. If people get out and go vote, don't talk it. Do it. Be about it. Go vote. And then you've got an opinion. But as long as you don't go and take the time to go drive up to the voting poll and get that little sticky, don't, don't, you ain't got no opinion to me. And if you do have one, I don't want to hear it. Because they didn't go and vote. So okay. now you've got this good education and stuff and then want to talk about what's going on. That's stupid to me. 
So I'm just saying, people might not agree with me, but look at what happened because they didn't go and vote. And it wasn't just the one or two in my family that I know about. What about all the other people whose children didn't go and vote because they didn't like who was running? That's the reason. Just go in there and push the ballot. If nothing else, vote for the party. Like these people are in here hanging behind Trump because they're going with his party. If you don't like who's running, still go with your party. Go with your party because that's what the Republicans are doing. Yeah. You always tell people yeah. it's the lesser of two evils. Go ahead, Jackie. It sounded like you was trying to say That's something. right. because yeah, I don't I don't get after, you know, two terms of voting for President Obama, how can you come back with really it starts before that, but how can you still come back with my vote doesn't matter? How can you keep coming back with that tired excuse about how your vote doesn't matter? You see how it yeah, matters it really time, doesn't. time, and time and time again. And if you that silly where you can't see it, what what can I say? Maybe you need to lose your right to vote. Since you, can't you don't do that. care about you since you don't care you about it that much. Maybe you need to lose your right. Well, you, you, you can't do that. You, you're playing right into the hands Nobody of what they're trying to. They're playing right. You're playing right. Yeah, but you're playing. I, I get what you're saying. Use your right, then. Use your right, You need to get out there. Yeah, I understand it, Jackie, but use you know the bottom you, line you, is. Use your right. And, and what, what do you mean? I, and I'm with you, Jay. What do you mean we can't use something about where black people die? Well, it's true. It's true. And not just black people. Let's bring that out. Not just black people. White people died. All different races died for your right. And every time you sit yeah. at home and don't vote, you slapping all of them in the face. That's a correct statement. You're slapping them Absolutely. all in the face. You're telling them what you died for wasn't worth nothing. That's what you're telling all yeah, of them. Absolutely. Yeah, you are. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJR's radio network, online radio at its best. Today's show is dedicated to its one topic, and it's called The White Man's Last Stand to Protect America from Minorities, because what's happening with uh, uh, how white people are reacting to certain things in public, uh, how they are, you know, just the way they're just being blatant with their stuff. It's something that I've never seen. Now, folks may say they've seen it. Maybe I've been living a guarded life. I don't know. I spent a lot of time in the U.S. military. I spent a lot of time in corporate America. I just don't see it, I guess, because of where I was in my positions. Maybe I'm not prone to see this stuff. But uh, what's happening, I can see it now, and none of those things have changed. All right, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, uh, it's really last week's edition of Four Minutes in Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. I got so many comments from people saying, oh, I heard about what happened during the show. Can you play it again this Sunday? So, But let me just say this, because I think it's important for people to understand. <clears throat> Any show that you hear here on Sunday mornings, you can always go back and listen to them. They're out there. Just type them in Google. Come to the website, Blog Talk Radio. Type in the serious side. That's uh, the serious side, S-E-R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E, 
It's not two words, it's one word. Type it in and you can listen to any show. But we're going to play it again this morning because people ask for it. But, yeah, you know, come on. It's not, you can always go back and listen to the show. These shows are on demand as well. All right, so if you missed it last week, here is last week's, but this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Your President Obama did not... Not my president, the Manchurian candidate, couldn't destroy us faster. So I shamelessly say, no, I want him to fail. Headed towards socialism, fascism. They're marching us towards 1984. Are you confident, 100% confident, that Barack Obama can do this job? He wants to transform exceptional private enterprise America into neo-socialist Europe. Socialism. Socialist. Socialist. Socialism would be a real step up. When are we going to wake up and start fighting the fascism? These guys are are Stalinists. Who's the communist? Obama. Welcome to the USSA! We have a chapter in here, Is Obama a Socialist? We have a president and a Bolshevik. Democratic Congress. President Obama, are you listening? Uh, this is the most greatest wealth destruction I've seen by a president. Country. It'd be like Hitler playing golf with Netanyahu. I feel like we are talking to the Germans after uh, an, um, Hitler comes to power. This is what Hitler did with the SS. They're the enemy. Who's the enemy? Uh, Obama! You just think he doesn't care, huh? I think that he... No, I, I really don't. I think if I may say so, there's just too many people who are not going to vote for a black candidate. But, uh, especially a black, angry candidate. Who has a deep-seated hatred for white people. I think he is using racial anxiety for political gain. This guy is, I believe, a racist. He did make a very racist comment. I've got a president who I believe actively dislikes people like me. We have to bend over, grab the ankles, bend over forward, backwards, whichever. Because his father was black because this is the first black president. Core ties to the African continent. His having grown up in Kenya. He is defending racists, and when you defend racism and defend racist acts, it's it's virtually the same. Go ahead, say it. Where? In the hizzy. Don't we really have to have him in the white hizzy? What's with all the hoods in the hizzy? I have a boys in the hood handshake. This is not the guy that you invite to the White House for poetry reading. What he's trying to do is to create is to rekindle the sense of black victimization. How does increasing taxes count? as spending cuts in your world, Mr. Obama, maybe in Kenya. President say Trayvon could have been me 35 years ago. I guess because what? He was part of the Chum gang and he smoked pot and he did a little blow. You've decided that chugging a few 40s and rediscovering your Irish is more important. If he had been anything other than African-American, and, and I don't mean to cast aspersions on African-Americans, but he would have been impeached and convicted by now. He would be impeached if he weren't America's first black president. I think we're getting close to a high crime and misdemeanor. I believe he's the most lawless president in modern times. Former President Richard Nixon, what he did with child's play compared to the range of corruption. Why wouldn't we impeach this president for not protecting and defending Americans? in the bloodbath known as Benghazi. Pretty much every day has been an impeachable offense. Can you just show us the birth certificate? Why wouldn't President Obama release his birth certificate? God does not have a birth certificate, neither does Obama. This has clearly been photocopied from a book. You see that? It kind of folds back to like almost like the binding of a book. I've heard that number before, $2 million that he's spending to not have to show the birth certificate. There's a green border around it. That had to be photoshopped in. I'm trying to figure yeah. out why they Well, this whole border is suspect. If he had immigrated here, he'd probably love America more. A fist bump, a pound, 
a terrorist fist jab? The president just seems to be very uncomfortable being uh, commander-in-chief. Did you see the latte salute? It's not a latte salute, it's a chai salute. Our country's left less safe today. He believes the bad guys are the American people. Barack Obama apparently is willing to uh, to roll the dice on that because he made these promises. Well, he's rolling them. He because if we get hit again, he's through. There it is again. What is that? That is a flag pin. You're not wearing a lapel pin, are you? I will wear one. They just hate the flag. Do you notice anything unusual about this picture? There's no Bible. President Obama has offered to, to pay out of his own pocket for the Museum of, of Muslim Culture. He's more concerned about protecting the image of Islam than protecting the people of the United well, States. And we have... This gentleman refuses to move his car because he supposedly does not think that I live here. Back at 347 Sorry about the talk over. Uh, welcome back. Uh, boy, that was tough to listen to. But it, once again, by popular demand, we replayed last week's edition so you can get a taste of what was going on. Yeah, it is powerful when you think about it, especially with who's in the White House right now. All right, but you know what time it is. It is time to get the social media take of what's happening. Let's turn to our director to from Soda, our director of Soda of. Director of Social Media Outreach. Gotta get it out, Jay. One of the only Jackies in the house. Jackie. Well, if you would uh, like to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, I welcome you to follow us and keep up with us by emailing us, if you like, with anything you need to know about the network by going to email seriousside at out. Look.com. Once again, that's SeriousSide at Outlook.com. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All oh, – am I there still? It's... Yeah, you're here, Jackie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It just went real dead. I'm like, am I still on? Sorry. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three pages have the same ending Handle Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. So keep following us there. All right, appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Elias is off this morning. Uh, Kathleen is off this morning. And our good friend and the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. Maybe that commitment is going a little longer than expected. Uh, hopefully he'll be here soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just don't know what Dr. Prince's idea is. I'm not even going to make an excuse. Who knows? Uh, but uh, but so that means, basically, that the chat room is not open because when Ms. Delias is not here, I, I don't uh, open the chat room because I can't monitor that. Also, uh, I will not be monitoring social media. It's only fair, right? I mean, I can't go to the social media, and I can see some of the stuff people are writing. I, want, I am going to address one thing, though. Uh, but uh, but I can see that it's not fair. I got to give both sides an opportunity to speak. This morning's show, the whole show is dedicated. The full two hours is dedicated to the white man's last stand to protect America from minorities. You know, so we we've been talking about what's been going on, minorities. Where are you at? Because you know what's happening. These white people are scared. They're nervous. They they truly believe that you guys are coming to do what? Take over this country. 
take over this country. They're trying to take your right to vote, but guess what? You're going to sit at home and allow this to happen. It's nonsense. You guys need to step up to the plate. You know, don't let this happen. But there's so many of us out there that do not take this seriously. I know a lot of African Americans who don't vote and say, oh, my vote don't mean anything. You're right. That's why Donald Trump's sitting in the White House, right? We know a lot of people that's on the voting rolls do not vote. Why do you register to vote and you don't go vote? And now they're talking about trying to take your vote. Folks, they're trying to take your vote. What you going to do? You're going to sit right there and let them do it, right? Because that's what you're going to do. All right, listen, uh, it looks like the smartest man in the world has checked in. We'll hear from him after this. All right, listen, we're going to talk about, and I, I promoted this in the first set, first segment. We're going to talk about Dr. Nene Aquache. Here's her story. We'll talk to you on the other side. Online radio at its best. This gentleman refuses to move his car because he supposedly does not think that I live here. When Dr. Nene Aguacha returned home to her gated townhome community in Buckhead, she was met with an unexpected roadblock. This guy has been in front of my car now for the last 10, 15 minutes. He didn't believe me. He, he kept on accusing me of trying to tailgate him. The exchange went on for about 30 minutes, despite repeated pleas for the man to move. He said, you don't belong here. I told him, this is where I live. I pointed it out to him. The man called police. When she arrived, the gentleman proceeded to <laughs> say once again that I was trespassing and didn't belong on the property. And, you know, I said, actually, sir, I do. And I used my gate clicker to click the gate open. The man allegedly told the officer he was trying to protect the community after a rash of HVAC robberies. But Dr. Aguacha thinks he was motivated by something else. I absolutely think it was racially motivated. What went through my mind was he could shoot me dead on the spot because he was trying to protect the neighborhood and the property. Remember just two months ago, this video went viral. Two black men racially profiled at a Starbucks in Philly. Starbucks eventually reached a settlement with the men, but Dr. Guacha says these incidents are more common than many people want to admit. People feel really emboldened these days to act upon their biases, their racist biases, and to do whatever they want to do because there are no repercussions. Well, no charges were filed in the incident, but I did find out this guy doesn't even live in the gated community. He just owns one of the townhomes there. Unbelievable. Now, has anyone been able to confirm this guy's story about the robberies in that neighborhood? Okay, so I spoke with the president of the Homeowners Association, Vinny, and he says he had no knowledge of this HVAC robberies that were going on, but says regardless of all that, it wouldn't be an excuse for this behavior, and they do plan to do whatever they can to bring some kind of consequences against this man. Online radio at its best. So now, as promised, the smartest man in the world has checked in, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, the man who brings you every week on a need-to-know basis. Jerome, let's just start right there. We're talking about the white man's last stand to protect America from minorities. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. What are your thoughts? Wow. Well, there are many many charges that they could have charged him with. So this is a police problem, right? You can't illegally detain anyone. I don't care if you think it's for the good or whatever, and I'm making a citizen's arrest. She should have pressed charges back on him for detaining her. Because he had no legal right to do it, for one. And two, suspicion is not that. He was supposed to call the police. So once he tried to detain her, 
or stop their progress. That is illegally. Remember, um, OJ went to jail for that, right? He didn't stop he that sure guy did. from leaving a hotel room. They just said that he blocked the door. He stood in front of the door. So he was charged with um, not kidnapping, but it was, um, well, it was. I thought it was illegal detainment or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, along those lines. Him. Right. So we have laws on the books for that. And so until someone starts pressing charges against white folks for stopping black folks until the police come, then technically they won't stop doing it. You know, the thing, let me, you know, let me go to you, Vanessa, because I, I'm pissed off at the doctor, right? Because when he stopped her, she's explaining to him that she, she don't owe him nothing. What she should have did was move your vehicle. If you don't move your vehicle, I'm calling the police. And so then when the officer gets there, you know, you know here's the thing. The officer asks, well, ma'am, do you live here? What? I mean, I mean, what is this? <laughs> it's like we always have to explain what we're doing. She didn't. Have, she didn't owe that bastard no explanation. Okay. She okay. should have called okay. and pressed charges against him. And then the yeah. fact that he don't even live in the freaking gated neighborhood, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> Good morning, Jerome. Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> Jay, calm down. Because she's a female, first of all. So she was afraid, Jay. Jay. If you're afraid, you call the cops. Wait, Jay. Wait, Jay. I'm going to get to it. She was afraid. So what I would have done was explained myself to him so I wouldn't get shot. Then I would have had his badge because I would have called the police. And said I was threatened. I would have called his boss and did an email oh, because anything white gets you in trouble. I would have made sure I was safe, and then I would have hung him out to dry because I've done that before. I've been racially profiled, yeah, and I did what I needed to do to get out of the situation. And when I got to making phone calls and emails, that person didn't have a job. And it's not that you're trying to get somebody fired; it's that that person needs to stop. So apparently you only get in trouble if you've done it more than once. So if you do a letter to the main company, y'all, and they've done it before, then they're out. But if it's their first offense, ain't nothing going to happen. So I would have gotten him, Jay, after I got away from him. But so Vanessa, don't, don't, mis- don't, don't misinterpret the story. You know, you said got, got his badge. The cops didn't stop her from going into that thing. It was this white man. Go look at you, if you go look at the video. I mean, there's a white guy that's, that's just parked in the SUV in front. What? Some little fake police people. No, it, this was a guy who. Listen, here's the deal. Here's a guy that doesn't even live in the gated community. He owns a townhome there, so I guess he uh, is renting that townhome. This guy doesn't have a damn thing to do with security. This is another freaking, uh, what's the guy that shot Trayvon? It's another one of these neighborhood watch guys who feel emboldened (laughs) that they have to protect their neighborhood against black people. But the bigger picture, Jerome, this is what I want to talk about. He was just being nosy. Oh, Jay, please. I would have called the police on him. I would have had him. That's my point, Vanessa. Uh, That's why I was upset at the doctor. No, no. I would have called the well, police. Okay. 
Well, but my, that's my point. I don't understand why the doctor felt she was obligated. And this, you know, this goes back to what you talk about all the time. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Thank you. Okay. Uh, uh, people being oppressed, right? Because the bottom line is, is that she felt that she was obligated to explain to this guy who doesn't have a decal on the side of his car, that's not wearing a uniform, just some guy that just stops. I'm not letting you in here. She didn't want to be sir. a female Trayvon Martin. Right, but what? still, I think black people are too law-abiding, too, right? And so we get to a point where, like, she's a doctor. So she felt like, um, you know, there's, there's law and order, so she wanted to explain herself. Black people often do this with white folks. No matter what your title is, the more, integrated, the more integrated you are into white society... We feel like we can flash credentials at people. And these people are, don't even have credentials, but we feel like we need to be obligated to the law, right? The truth is, you have a right to be any place. So if I'm going into, um, I don't know, a, a store, and somebody stopped me and says, hey, I thought you stole something, you don't have to stop for them. I know black people are getting shot. But we can, we one of two things is going to have to happen. Either we get to live in tyranny or not. So we ha- we cannot abide by that just by saying, I know when we're little, they've always told us because, you know, after, you know, desegregation, you figure for about 15, 20 years, like it was heavy of white folks doing that to us. And we always, and we were told growing up, hey, you know what? If somebody says something, just tell them who you are and just walk away or call an adult. But they had us um, specifically, um, you know, just kind of de-escalate, like us as children to de-escalate. As adults, you're not supposed to do that. As, as adults, you have, you have rights and you need to explore them. Because although, again, the, the Trayvon Martin case with a grown man, he was a kid, right? And so the kids are not getting the benefit of the doubt, at the, at the benefit of the, of the doubt. But adults have to stand up. That tells a doctor, which means he probably spent, what, at undergrad and then grad school or whatever, so she's been out. So she's probably, if I had to guess, maybe 30 at the, at the least. She, as an adult, needs to stand up and own her blackness because people cannot stop you and say, hand me your papers. And the police, when they come in and they say, show me your papers, you need to say, you need to see that fool's paper. Because if you're going to check my ID to see if I live here, you need to check theirs to see if they live here. Right? So sometimes they always go by who calls the police, but the police, when they show up, go to the white person first. Because they're, they're operating under the same concept of supremacy. So we as adults still have to take a stand. So she wasn't just supposed to walk away. Well, and, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying, Jerome, is that we have this mentality that we have to explain things to Massa. We, are just as, we have the same right as anyone else to live in some of these neighborhoods. We have the right to do what other people, we are Americans. So the bottom line is I don't have to explain myself to anybody. You know? I don't have to explain I don't have to explain myself to anyone, anybody. If I'm not trespassing, if I'm not doing anything illegal, I don't have anything to do with you. Yes, Vanessa. (laughs) I'm living the same 
city you live in, Jay, and you know that there are places in Houston, they're not necessarily called Houston, they might be called other little outskirt places, Bel Air, Pasadena, you know, Jay, what I'm saying, there are times that when we are there, that people give us the look, that they, like, why are you over here in this segment, what are you doing? I don't give a damn about them looking at me, they can look all they want. Jay, but there are times, Jay, that you have to explain yourself when you don't necessarily want to explain yourself. And that's just how it is being black. Jay, that's just how it is being black. It really, really is. I'm I'm sorry to say that. Okay, okay. There are some people that can walk into a place to get ready to buy something and they will be all over them. Can I help you buy something? Can I help you with something? Can I help you with something? And then there are other people that walk in because they're not wearing their money or they don't look like their money that they don't really give them time of day. That's just how it is, Jay. Sometimes we're in neighborhoods that they don't feel like we should be in. Why are you here? Well, I got a friend that's over here and she black. But they don't know but, that. But, 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 I'm just but saying, Vanessa, Jay, sometimes you have to explain. You, okay, you. Look but, at that baseball player who got killed, Jay, in, in Bel Air, right here but, by me and you. Look, Jay, if Vanessa, that boy had explained saying, himself, he would be alive. Vanessa, what I'm saying to you is, is that in life there are situations where you may need to provide clarity for people. But in this situation here, I didn't have to if, – if I'm pulling into my neighborhood and you stop, I'm going to blow my horn. If I'm, and then I'm going to say, hey, man, I'm going to try to drive around you. If I can't drive around you, then I'm going to say, hey, can you move? And if you don't want to move, then it's like, well, what are you doing? What do you mean, what do I do? I live here. What are you doing? Well, prove it. I don't have to prove a damn thing to you. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to – that's how stuff – here's the problem. And, and Jerome is absolutely correct. He should have been charged. There were no charges filed, which tells me that, okay, he could go do it again next week. Right. This is a problem in this country where white people can do it. Now, reverse that situation for a second. Let's say that there was a black guy blocking a white woman from getting into her neighborhood. Right. Do you think when the law got there, because the black man would have called and said, hey, I don't want this white woman living in my neighborhood. When the law pulled up, do you think the law would have went to him first or would it went to the white woman? Man, what's the problem? This guy won't let me like, in. She, she, she would have added a little bit of extra. She would have been like, oh, my oh, yes. oh my stars. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm just trying to come in here, and I felt threatened. And they would have arrested that fool. Black people need to play On the white spot. backwards. Yep. Or the spot. She wouldn't explain that she needed to be there. She wouldn't even explain she lived there. She would have just said, I felt intimidated. He stopped me. I don't know if he had a gun. I don't know if he was a terrorist. I don't know who the heck he was. And they would have said, um, sir, give us some ID. And they would have ran him, and they would have, they would have um, arrested him. Because he detained her. That's all I'm saying is that not that every black person, I forgot who the comedian was, um, uh, Chappelle, I think. Like every black person does not have to be uh, a paralegal, right? We don't have to. We almost have to know some aspects of the law, but all you have to know is the aspect of your humanity, of your well-being. 
right? You have the right to be any place. And we, the thing about it is, it just it does depend on what top, what officer shows up. But at the same time, all I'm saying is, as adults, we can spend a little bit more time dealing with that situation than children can. And if we don't, children don't have a chance. Black kids don't have a doggone chance if the adults won't stand up. Because they're not going to know how to handle these situations. So that was my point of saying, don't tell them jack. And I, I understand your point, Vanessa. Sometimes we do, like in conversation, because we're polite. But then when you realize what's going on, and they're just being rude or jerk or whatever they're doing, then you have to shut you that are down. Correct. Yes, you are right. That's, yeah. I totally right? so, agree with that. I totally yeah. agree. Once you realize what the deal is, it's a whole different attitude. Yep. So you ha- you have to shut it down because it emboldens. I'm not. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it emboldens them. They were bold to stop you anyway. You know, I I can tell you speaking of Houston. I can tell you a Houston story for me. But this was specifically with a police officer. After uh, a night of a Prince concert downtown at the Summit, like this is years ago, and I I we went to some we went to a grocery store. I mean, it was like a convenience store with the big glass windows. So I put a regular 16-ounce or 20-ounce soda on the counter. My cousin was right before me, and I went to reach inside my jacket pocket to pull out my wallet, and my cousin said, oh, I'll pay for it. So he paid for it, and I just grabbed my drink. I didn't pay for it. I grabbed my drink, walked out of the door, and a Houston police officer came out and grabbed my arm and said, did you pay for that? My first response was, get your hands off me. I don't care who you are, right? You don't ask me. I, I'm already out the store. So he said, and he says again, first of all, he backed up and said, I'm not touching you. Because there was a ton of people out there. And uh, he said, did you pay for it? And I just looked at him. I said, ain't none of your business. So he goes in the store and yells in there, did I pay for it? And the guy said, yes. I wouldn't respond to him. You know, now, although my cousin said, since my license said New York, I would have had a little problem with that dude. Like, you know, if he would have known that, <laughs> I wasn't going to show him any ID. And it was a dog on soda. Right? So we right. Have, to, have to stop engaging them. I, I should have, in that case, if I would have said, no, I paid for it, my cousin paid for it for me, you know, everything. That didn't stop that man from grabbing me. I wanted to punch him in his face for doing that. I didn't. But the point is, is that we still have to stand up. Because then it gives us, if he wanted to find out if I paid for something, he should have brought his butt into the store, found it out, and then came back outside. But for him to think that he could stop me in my track, I kept walking to the car. You know, but I heard him yell to the other guys. I'm like, I'm not waiting for him. That man don't own me. We have to stand up sometimes. And I know this is going to get ugly before it gets better. And people are like, you know, I just don't want no trouble, blah, blah, blah. We have to do that because your kids are suffering because if the adults are not standing up, then they are going to have to fight anyway. And we can't keep saying stuff like, well, maybe Trayvon did this and questioning him because of his age. Or he used to smoke weed back in the day, so maybe we have to stop doing that to our kids. We are getting harassed for just existing. So we have to stop. You are absolutely correct about that. You're right, Jerome. You're absolutely right about the three four seven eight five 
1272. Let's bring in, uh, well, I'll tell you what, well, uh, we have a few minutes. We'll bring her in. One of our colleagues from the J. Riles Show, one of my sisters and one and only Momo B. Haven't heard her voice in a long time. Good morning. Welcome into the serious time, Momo. How are you? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, hey. Jerome. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, J. Riles. Look at Jerome, son of a gangster, turning me on on a Sunday morning. What's going on with you guys? You don't call it that nonsense. Don't you start. Don't you start <laughs> that stuff this morning. Just let him have it. He asked for it. Don't you start that stuff this morning. Give it to him. Don't you start that stuff this morning. How y'all doing? Good. We're doing well. The white man's last stand to protect America from minorities, uh, uh, Momo. You got a few minutes, and I don't know if you want to hang out. We'll definitely talk on the other side, but give me your initial thoughts on this thing. That story that I just heard was awful. I can't even believe it. Well, I can't believe it, but I can't even, I don't accept it. I don't accept nothing like that. Now, see, if it would have been me, I would have been the one arrested. No matter if I'm in the right or in the wrong, I always end up the one arrested because of the way I react to situations. I can't react in a calm manner. I would have got out of my car, and me and that man would have had some rumblings going on. You're not going to prevent me from getting in my own home that I pay for every month? Are you kidding me? Because you don't think I belong there? I can't. I don't deal with that well. I'm not going out like that. So, yeah, we would have had something going on, and the police would have came. And I probably would have been unarrested because you don't always take the one who win the fight away. That's what they do. Yep. So I would have been going yep. away. I mean, but that's the point. I mean, the, the point is, is that we have situations like this where white people feel emboldened. They feel they can do what they want to do. And I still think a lot of this, I mean, you know, listen, we can say this has been going on for years because it has. But for me, it just looks like it is blatant. It is like it's in your face. We don't care. There are more videos. I saw a video of this white woman just talking down to this Hispanic guy. You know, you don't belong here. You know, you, you know, go back to Mexico. Uh, you know, you look at what's going on on the borders, how, you know, Laura Ingram called what, where these kids are living. Uh, all this is day camp. These people are nuts. These people are nuts. And the more we let them get away with this nonsense, the more and more they feel emboldened to do what they need to do. The story we talked about in the first segment of the show. Brother, it is full fireman's garb going doing neighborhood inspections like he's required to do. Big red fire truck sitting on the curb. Lady greets him at the door with a video camera talking about who are you and what are you doing? Uh, what do you think I'm doing? You know, so we, we deal with this nonsense all the time. All right, tell you what. Uh, the show is dedicated to this. The whole show is. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We'll come back and finish this conversation. We're going to look at another story, too. Just crazy nonsense. White people, you guys are losing your mind, but we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side.
Same thing as every weekend, white women were calling 911 on black people. This morning, a California woman is facing outrage online after a now viral video shows her allegedly calling police on an eight-year-old black girl selling bottles of water with her mother on a sidewalk. She calling police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. Yeah, and um, illegally selling water without a permit.
I'm doing great. How's everyone doing? Doing good this morning. Of course, Miss Elias is not here this morning. Kathleen Williams is off this morning as well. And Dr. Princeton Odia, we don't know where she is. Everybody inside the chat room. Well, the chat room's not open because, you know, Miss Elias is not here. Blame him, but I know you're listening. Kavina, man, I know you're in the house. St. Clinton, what is up with you? Uh, Pastor Stephen Jones, I got to say hello to you. I got to keep it real, Pastor. I see you, but I can't, you know, I always try to be even-handed. If we can't hear from the chat room, we can't hear from people out there on the sites that we monitor. But uh, good morning to you guys as well. Coming up in about uh, 30 minutes or so, it is on a need-to-know basis with this man, Jerome Spree in the house. Once again, we're talking about the darkening of America, how white people are trying to protect the country from us, from me and you. I know most of the people listen to the show are minorities. All right, you heard the story right there. This lady has earned the moniker of Permit Patty. This is a lady who called the cops on an eight-year-old that was out selling bottled water on the corner. And she said illegally selling water without a permit. What? And you know, here's the thing, Jerome, that a lot of these white people that we're talking about, they're young. You would think that maybe we're past a lot of this. Maybe you think it's an older white person who was alive during the height of the 60s. A lot of these stuff are young white folks. This was a young lady. She had to be in her 30s, maybe. You know, so she was born, what, in what, in, 80? in the 80s, maybe? Somewhere in that time frame, 80s, late 70s. Millennial. We're talking 30. We're talking thirty. We're talking thirty years ago, thirty-three. So she was born in what the eighties, and and, yeah. and and she's calling the cops on an eight-year-old female that's selling selling water without a permit. I mean, what is wrong with these people, man? What is wrong with these individuals? But let, let's let's you. explore the bigger picture, Jerome. Let's you know, and the bigger picture is is that they are nervous, man. You know, no. I had a friend say something say that. to me, and I want to get your comment. They are nervous, Jerome. They are nervous. They are nervous because they know that they're not going to be in the minority here real soon, as far as from a, from a population that. standpoint. I, huh? I don't think they know that. You know what I think it is? I think that I, you know, I was I just think having they a conversation do. yesterday that um, uh-huh. yes, all of these things, are, all of those things are true, right? So, and we, I did the news story on this show last week, right? Twenty-six states. White folks have a negative birth rate. It is up from 2014. This is 2016 numbers, by the way. 2014, that number was about 14 states, and now it's 26, right? Now, so you see where this is going. And, again, this is old white folks' news if they pay the attention. Hitler believed that. That's why during World, World War One. That was a part of his platform is that white folks are going to be the minority. They knew their birth rate was, was declining since then. This is nothing new. Now, for a millennial to know that is a whole other story. What, the, what millennials see is they saw there was a black president. They're seeing, you know, for those who, um, was, if she was born in the 80s, rap had early had just started. So she saw the resistance of other white folks not liking hip-hop music and you know, disco is dead stuff, and now every white kid on this planet is trying to make some form of of music that came that they know didn't come from them, right? So they're watching their they're watching black folk culture, which we knew since probably the 30s, 
that white folks, and even with Elvis, I shouldn't say even with Elvis, but with Elvis and Pat Boone and all of those guys, from them assimilating black folks' music, right? I don't think white people know that. So they don't know the Beatles was signed by a black record label first, and then they were making music, and then they kind of crossed over. So even their heroes are actually assimilating black people. So these millennials now who thought everything was even and fair are just as racist as their parents because their parents have been resenting this stuff for a long time, and now they're at a point where they feel entitled. That's why we have so many school shootings. That's why little white kids are spashing out with Calenbine saying, you know, the cool kids and the athletes. They're looking at the NBA. They want to be basketball players, but they don't see nobody who looks like them. So all the cool kids are not reflective of them, so now they're like, you need to respect me. And so they're going through a whole little thing culturally of trying to figure out where they fit in the rest of the world because they're not leading in anything. They have all of the money because they stole all of the land, but they don't feel like they, they have a place in there. So instead of them wanting to become better, they are actually falling victim to thinking that we should still be scared of them, or we should be scared of them. I don't think black people was ever scared of them, but a lot of black people died. So, you know, white folks' theory in in being colonizers just generally is that if we kill enough of them, the rest of them will fall in line. So that's why there's always no move on white folks' part. And I'm not saying that, well, I'm not going to qualify this, but I think on their from their perspective, I think they always feel like the ends justify the means. Like, they probably did do something. I just don't know too much about it. So we failed to look at it to see if they were exonerated. They just keep on moving, right? So white folks are feeling some kind of way about seeing um, the world not reflective of them on the, on the pop culture side. You know, they pendulum swing with that. So I think a lot of this kind of kind of goes hand in hand with that realization as you get older, even for the millennial kids, as they get older, of knowing the world is not what they thought it was because they were brainwashed under supremacy like everybody else, and now what they realize is different. Now they're getting mad and say, we need to take it back to how it was. But how it was was a lie. And now they have to live with that lie of what they thought the world was and now want it to be there. So calling the police on an eight-year-old kid selling water, I guess. I don't know what you're selling. But an eight-year-old kid for water is her feeling like she wanted to um, whiten up that area. But I can tell you, oh, really quickly, the, the thing that I'm happy about in all of these stories is kind of what I said last week. I think millennials, especially minorities who are millennials, they were fighting about five years ago the fact that they thought everything was okay. Obama's there, y'all not working hard enough, older black folks need to realize that white folks, you know, we need to work together and blah, blah, blah. It just got blown out the water. They're seeing that your elders knew what the heck they were talking about. And so we need to work that out. Hmm. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let me get to a comment here, uh, Vanessa. Do you agree with that? Do you think the fact that white people don't know this is coming? Or, or, or do you agree with the assessment of 
they know it's coming and they're preparing for this. I had a conversation with a brother uh, last week, uh, earlier in the week, and we were talking. You know, I was telling him, look, I'm, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing for my show, and he said, hey, you know, and I know he's listening, and uh, so I'm gonna say what's up to him. But you know, he said to me that as proud as he was of Barack Obama, he said, man, that may have been the worst thing that happened to this country. I said, you sound like a dang old fool. You really do. And he said, no, he said, because, man, we have never seen this as blatant. This is racism, as blatant as it is now. He said, the reason why we have Donald Trump is because of Barack Obama. He said, so when you start thinking about it on those terms, do you still agree with my assessment? I said, I still think you're a fool. But then he said, well, go back to what happened with the Supreme Court. You know, if they hadn't voted, if Kerry would have been president, Barack Obama would have never been president. I, I say, hey man, you're reaching deep into some stuff that, in my opinion, you need to go stop drinking when we have conversations. My point to him was, is that he's saying, Vanessa, that you know the reason why we are in this climate is because of the election of the first African American president. Because white people were so shaken to their core that when this happened, they were like, "I'd be damned if we allow another one." to get in the White House. Your thoughts? I think that another one will get in the White House. I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime, but I do believe another one will get in the White House. I do believe that because Obama was in office that they did go from Obama to Trump, which is total opposite. Um, I, do, I do agree with that. I do agree. You uh, agree with what part? The, because he said a lot of things there. I agree with the fact that there were people who at first wanted um, Obama in office, white people, Hispanic people, and then because uh, Obama did not do some of the things I guess that they thought he should do, that they went from a black man all the way to a Trump who is total opposite and has corrected, well not corrected, let me apologize for that, who has redone everything that Obama put in place. I do believe that Trump has really brought out racism that has not been around for decades. I mean, I have not seen this kind of racism around the world. I've never seen this kind of racism in my lifetime, let me put it like that. I'm 55 years old. I've never seen it. Um, So I I do believe that Obama did have an effect on getting Trump in office in some kind of way. I do. I hate that, but it's true. I do believe that. I don't agree with him by saying that we should have never gotten a black person in office. That's horrible. That's that's just horrible to say that. I mean, I think that all minorities should get an opportunity to be over there on Pennsylvania Avenue. But that's what I said about that. And as far as that lady who called the police on that little girl, I'm I'm on my way to church now. I'm going to pray about her because she got some issues. Yeah, well, they all do. They all have issues. Uh, Momo, let let me get your thoughts on that. So, you know, once again... The fact that, you know, Barack Obama is the reason why we're living in this moment that we're living in now with Donald Trump, because white people were so shaken to their core that this is, we'll never, we're going to vote in the whitest of white guy in there just to make absolutely sure that we're not going to have any issues like this in the future. He's going to set the tone uh, for uh, the Supreme Court. There's a lot of things he has going on. Your thoughts? I, for the life of me, can't figure out why they voted Trump in office. I'm still trying to get a grasp and handle on that. I don't know. I don't know if they did it just to get back at 
America, because that, that's a fool right there. I don't know why they did it. But as far as why racism is so blatant now since we had Obama, look how they disrespected him when he was in office, calling him all out his name in public. Then people who like racist was like, oh, sure, if they can do it to the president. I damn sure can do it to this black girl walking down the street. I damn sure can. That, that, that's what happened. They dropped their, their little, little mouth wrap and said, I can say whatever I want to say. They did it to Obama. I could do it to this girl, this guy, this man, anybody of color. They're getting too loose with it. They always hated us. Yeah. Now they just don't want to be quiet no more. And that's it. Hmm. Look at that. Uh, Jackie, what say you? Uh, well, definitely, um, like I said earlier already, it's just been this boiling, just this boiling pot that's been just boiling over for years. And now uh, white people feel like they got the right because they got Trump in office saying whatever he's saying. They feel like they got the right to do just to follow his lead, and I don't I don't agree with your friend about that Obama should have never been in office. I think that that's not a good thing to say. I mean, it's like what I said a week or two ago. He, he was right on time with his coming when he did coming into the office when he did, and I will forever be proud of that. It's just. Like I said, this cauldron, this pot that's been boiling over for years, that just wants the, the birth now because they feel like they got a right to say whatever they want to say or do whatever they want to do because of what Trump just simply trying to follow his lead. You know, I was listening to uh, some comments that Sean Hannity made during the week. Uh, Jerome, don't ask me why, because I, I guess, well, here's the question. Here's the reason, because you need to know what the enemy's up to. And so he talked about how this whole shooting, tragic shooting that happened at this newspaper, you know, before they realized what was going on. He, he said, oh, you know, thanks, Maxine Waters, for poisoning the environment, for saying, you know, telling people what they should do when it comes to the president as far as going after, you know, the president and, and all this other nonsense. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, these people are, it's either, I don't know, man. Is it me? Is it me? I mean, are we? Are these people crazy? So Donald Trump, he didn't have, he was no contributor to this whatsoever. He had nothing to do with the current environment in which we live. Eh, it's Maxine, Maxine Waters is the reason why we're in this moment, you know, because she went out and told people to confront people that's out in public that represents the administration protest. But just and just think about this, it's, right? It's, so it's Yeah. Yeah. You got me? Okay. So just think about this from this perspective. He he says it's Maxine Waters. What does Nancy Pelosi and Schumer say? Right? Oh well she yep. needs to not yep. say that's that a good point. That's up, an excellent right? point. So so wait, so this is what white supremacy is. Right? So you can do anything to us. You can you can strangle us. You can burn us. You can lynch us. But we can't say nothing because now we're just playing into their hands. That, my friend, is the mm. problem. So if somebody wa- Maxine is absolutely right. Forget them, right? 
you have to, if you want to go back history, right, we can go back to the barbarians and the Nordics and, and um, you know, just the whole culture of slash and burn that, that white folks have as a culture. Like, they want to fight. But if any time black people stand up for anything, it's like, well, we need to be more rational than this. Again, it's how colonizers work. They can come and slash and burn us, kill all the men in the village, and tell the women, you know what, we need to work together. If you marry a white man, then your kids can survive. Right? So when are you going to get tired of that? So we have to be conscious of it. And, and by the way, I want to say, say this just to put a little bit of balance on what happened. It's not because of Obama that Donald Trump won. You have a, a fraction of white, uh, of white um, supremacists and racist people in this country that hijacked the Republican Party. Remember, Hillary got two million, I'm sorry, three million more votes. So the problem is, is that they could not stand Hillary Clinton. So don't give Donald Trump that much credit because people weren't going towards a white supremacist, uh, neo-Nazi side of the fence. They were actually going against, going back to Clinton. So whatever their moral outrage was on the Democratic or the liberal side, to say, hey, we don't want the Clintons back in there. We're just going to vote for this fool. Didn't mean that they were that they were supporting white supremacy and all that other stuff. It just means that they don't find a difference in it. So just like I said about Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, they, white folks don't find a difference in it. They're not outraged at people being white supremacists or being neo-Nazis because that's still their people. That's a white woman's military. So white women don't fear them. They empathize that you're getting killed, but they were like, we, we need to go have a latte and talk about that. I can cry with you, but they ain't down with you when it comes time to take no kind of action or to stop it from happening. It's their people. So we kind of need to put it in a context that, you know, people who are listening to this um, understand that there's these dynamics that are playing. And it's not that all white folks are racist or all white folks are crazy. It is just that the right. factions that, that, that are are controlling, they're wagging, the tail is wagging the dog in this situation. So you got to get people back on the other side of this to say, hey, you go to church every day. How many people go to church? Well, is, are y'all taught that in church? Because if you are, you're going to the wrong church. Right? So some, most people are righteous in their, in, their, um, in their movement, but the problem is, is that they don't find any fear if it's not happening to them, right? It's like us caring about, you know, Mexican kids going across the border and getting put in camps. You know, everybody's kind of outraged, but don't nobody, you know, at most of the time they're just pretty much like, oh, that's a shame what they're doing. But people care about their dog being held in, in, you know, 200 in the same kennel. That's inhumane. They shut that place down. It can be 2,000. <laughs> Mexicans in one center, but you can't do that to, to animals. Like their, their values are just jacked, and their more their morality is jacked as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So you know, so I guess the bottom line is, as we close out this segment, is you know when we look at what's happening in our environment today, when we look at you know the the just the heated rhetoric, when we look at what the president is doing, the way that he's responded, the way that, you know, I've never seen celebrities c- 
come on, just go to major events and just say, you know, you know, Robert De Niro, F Trump. You know, you're seeing this stuff. And so, you know, what they're doing is they're playing to their 39%. Oh, see, this is how these liberals are. But most of these people, I know someone who's a starch Republican, but this person was the first one running around trying to get clothes and stuff for this this African-American family. She's taking dinners over there. She's doing all these things. And I'm saying, don't you understand that this is what it's all about? Don't you understand that you represent a party who says that this person should not be getting any handouts? You are the complete polar opposite of what your political affiliation is. If I didn't know that you were a Republican, I I would think that you were a liberal or a Democrat. I mean, what is it? You do one thing, you know, you you live by a certain way. You know, but, but Jay, I'm a conservative. You're a conservative. Wait a minute, but you don't believe you don't believe in abortion. I would never get an abortion, but 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 uh, but you know, if if a person, you know, that's their right. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not gay. I don't like what gay people do, but I don't. That's them. But then listen to what you're saying. That's not what your party is saying. That is not what your party is saying. These people need to get it together. It's just a dang going shame. That we live in this environment that we live in. It's just so charged. <sighs> All right. Coming up next, no chatterbox. Only needs no basis is right around the corner. It's, it's the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere.
Dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Allegedly you want me to take you to the flag of the United States of America. Folks, you know what time it is. It is time for On the Need to Know Basis with our main man, Jerome, a spring man. Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? 
Hey, Jay. All right, well, I'm going to need about seconds, so I'm going to need you to stall. <laughs> but I am not. <laughs> I haven't pulled up yet. But when I heard the theme music came out, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Is it that time already? Time, time flies. Not that time. But while you do that, I have a oh, message from Vanessa that I want to read to you that is addressed to you. So this will give you a few minutes here. Let's see here. Uh, Vanessa says uh, something about voting for Trump. And she said, maybe you thought, hold on, I'm trying to bring it up here now. I'm sorry. Uh, here it is right here. She says, uh, <laughs> Jerome just said what I said earlier. That Okay, never mind. That they didn't want Hillary, so some didn't vote at all. And some voted for Trump. Have a good work. Have a good week at church, praying to make America great again. Don't do that. Just don't even use mega for anything. It just plays into the narrative. But anyway, go ahead. Hopefully that brought yeah, you a few minutes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but, but that, that is true. Some people, we can't think of it as the world looking like the United States thinking like Trump. Most people don't. It's just that they are controlling stuff and the rest of them are falling in line to it. So we have to be conscious about that. All right, so, oh, on his theme music, okay, we're still on. All right, so here, here's our first, the first story. I could have just said the first story off the top of my head, and we could have killed time that way. But, you know, Joe Jackson, the patriarch of yeah. the and passed away at 89 from pancreatic cancer. Joe Jackson. Yeah, wow. You know and I don't like the way people are, like, characterizing Joe Jackson. People like to bring up a lot of negatives. I like to look at it this way. Right. Those kids they are because of who he was. It's not the other way around. Right. So much respect to Janet for, you know, the things that she said. And we don't know what goes on inside of the Jackson house. All of us probably have memories of getting beat down at some point. So we don't we don't hold on to them through our adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Sometimes we do yep. when you're little. You know, like take the big piece of chicken. I'm sorry, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the Apollo 11 moon astronaut, um, Buzz Aldrin, 88, is fighting back and suing his children who claim that he has cognitive decline and is suing them, accusing um, them of elder exploitation and a conspiracy, amongst other things. Um, they are said to, that he should no longer make his own business decisions, so they want to make his business decisions for him. Now, I don't know what I, I don't know if I agree with this, but um, it, you can almost look at it as them looking out for him or them stealing his money. But ever since the Menendez's folks, I really don't think that they're looking out for him. And he has enough sense to sue him. So, technically, I'm going to have to go with him on this one. I'm serious. Right. I'm with you on that one. Hey, if he has sense to sue him, they need to give him his power of attorney back. All right. One in 15 opioid overdose survivors die within a year of recovering, according to a new study. So, the staggering proportion of Americans survived um, an opioid overdose only to die within a year, this is according to Columbia University Research, um, about a quarter had relapsed, but 75% died of other diseases. So let me get this straight. If um, 1 in 15, gonna, um, they're going to revert back 
And then um, a staggering, I guess the other ones are going to relapse. Half is going to relapse, and then the other, no, a quarter is going to relapse, and 75% is going to die of other diseases. What they're saying is that if you do opioids, you're going to die. You just got to pick which way you're going to die. That's according to Columbia University. That's not me. It's a wow. bad story. But, but I know. It's just crazy. Like not a good story. All right. Um, the UK I think you're going to die regardless. Yeah. Well, everybody's going to. <laughs> I mean, except me, but that's just the whole, that's my, I like to live in my own head with that one. All right, so the U.K. population hit $66 billion last year after um, immigrants helped drive it to um, 392,000, um, a rise in numbers. That's how many people came in. Um, those were records that was released um, this week. But births are 19,000 lower, and deaths were um, 600, oh, I'm sorry, they were, the deaths were up by 14,000 and births were down by 19,000. And again, this is our trend worldwide is that Europeans are dying at a faster rate than being born. So births were down 19,000 and deaths was up 14,000. And if it wasn't for immigration, they wouldn't, their population wouldn't survive either. This is going on all wow, around the world. That. Yeah, and so it goes with our theme of the show, why people are paranoid. Because you see why, you know, that in Europe they have really bad um, neo-Nazi kind of, you know, issues going on in most European nations. But their populations are, are dying. And by the way, if you don't know, you can check this out. But, you know, the sun does not... Do your body good, Europeans. I just want to tell you that right now. It sterilizes you. But that's a whole other story. You can go look that up if you want to. Um, you know, Netflix has fired their um, PR chief of seven years for using the N-word in a meeting. So the Hollywood Reporter says that its sources say that Jonathan Friedland used the N-word in a meeting with other Netflix staffers with some of those staffers reporting the incident. And on Friday, June 21st, Reed Hastings, the Netflix CEO, sent an email announcing that he's been fired. He said, I made the decision to let Jonathan Freeland go. Uh, Jonathan contributed greatly in many areas, blah, 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 blah. But his descriptive use of the N-words on at least two occasions at work showed unacceptably low um, racial awareness and sensitivity, and it is not in line with our values as a company. The first incident was several months ago in a PR meeting about sensitive words. Several people afterwards told him how inappropriate and hurtful it was, and Jonathan apologized to those who had been in the meeting, and we hope that this awful anomaly never ha- repeated. In the second incident, which I only heard about this week, was a few days after the first incident. So he apologized said it again, but the CEO finally found out recently and said um, the N-word again to two of our black employees in HR who was trying to help him deal with the original offense. So he said the second offense confirmed a deep lack of understanding and convinced me to let him go. For non-black people, this is in his memo to his employees, for non-black people, the word should not be spoken as there is almost no content, uh, context in which it is appropriate or constructive, even when singing a song or reading a script. 
There is not a way to neutralize the emotion and history behind the word in any context. So, big shout out to <laughs> Netflix CEO. Well, well, that's what that's what he wrote to his employees. That's that's uh, said, wow, man. That's something. That that is yeah, uh, that's you know, impressive. Yeah, because we always debate that, right? Whether white folks should say the N word, if we say it, and blah blah blah. He's saying, look. Under for non-black people specifically, the word should not be spoken as there is almost no content in which it can be appropriate or constructive, and he's right about that. They should um, pass that along to the White House and the staff too. Like just just send it around corporate, send that to Starbucks, Don't you. <laughs> send that over. This <laughs> better should be published to Delta Airlines, to any major corporation out there. Not. Meaning to shout out companies, but everybody should have that as their policy. That's exactly what you did. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, a part of the online uh, discourse about Black Panther, <laughs> excuse me, has been about how it should be considered a part of Black history, and now has been official thanks to the Smithsonian National Museum of Black History and Culture. It has acquired the vibranium suit from the movie. And some artifacts from the movie. So Black Panther is now in the Smithsonian National Museum for Black History and Culture. I mean, it did over a billion dollars with a black cast, so it should have been in there anyway. I don't know what they took. I don't know what took them so long. Black cast, black director, whole nine yards, man. Yeah, black, black class, black director, black costume designer, black uh, marketing firm. They actually proved that a team of black folks can put out a movie to make a billion dollars. Not just not just on the and, and wrote it. So it was written and directed. So, hey. Big shout out to them. Now, um, CVS Health will make prescription deliveries nationwide to accommodate the heightened expectations of convenience for customers. So here's the thing. You don't even have to go to the drugstore to lie no more. You could just actually have them deliver. As we just did the opioid crisis stuff, they're actually going to start delivering to people's houses. And I think there's a couple others that do that, but CVS has now joined that ball, joined the gang. Um, the Supreme Court rules. You can't beat them, join them. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Hey, you know how that goes. You don't have to have a drug dealer. CVS is going to be your drug dealer. Just go to your house. You don't have to even leave. Um, the Supreme Court said that police must obtain a warrant before using cell phones to track suspects in, major, in a major win for privacy um, um, advocates. Now, the Chief Justice Roberts joined uh, by the four liberal. Um, this gives us a little bit of hope because with the new guy, we know he's going to be conservative. At least Roberts joined in with the liberals, and Roberts is the one who helped save um, affordable health care the first time. So John Roberts, joined right. by the court's four liberals, wrote that an individual maintains a legitimate expectation of privacy in the record of his physical movements. So police are not allowed to use your cell phones to track your movements. Although your cell phone company does have that information, they have to actually go to court and show a warrant. They just can't say, let me see where you've been and use your GPS on your phone. So that was a good win by the um, Supreme Court. Now, a man was awarded 
$18.4 million after doctors canceled his HIV test because he was not at risk, only to find um, three years later that he had the virus and it, it um, progressed to AIDS. So Sean Stanford, what? yeah, he, he was 48. He, he um, went to the doctors. He wanted a, an AIDS test or HIV test, and they said, no, you're not at risk, so they would not give him a test. And come to find out, he had um, HIV for, for three years, and then it turned into AIDS. So he won $18.4 million. Oh, you know, speaking of drugs, the people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 were 18% more likely to use opioid jo- <laughs> drugs, according to new research <laughs> by the University of Texas. Wow. They found okay. That, that all, long- it all makes sense now. It, <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> Start to jail together. It says that Trump, uh, people who voted for Trump, and long-term opioid use both cluster around low-income uh, areas where chronic pain and mental illness issues are common and awfully poor and care for in the white areas. Right? They didn't just say generally. They were saying when they looked at a map of the U.S. where opioids um, were mostly prescribed and separately where the greatest percentage of Americans voted for Trump, they found they were struck by the similarities that opioid use is high, depression and poverty is high, they support Trump. It tells what they're saying is that people are Trump um not only are drug use uses drugs, they actually um are not that smart. And they're poor. Like I don't know if they go together because there were some rich, stupid people who voted for him too, so I don't know where to go with that. Now the corporate I, still, I crack, still don't understand why poor people voted for this guy. I still don't get that, but whatever. Because it's easier to manipulate them on race to say that they're held back because black people have their stuff. You see black people on TV and you're That's poor true. and you're white. If you believe in um, that whole concept of, um, I can't think of what it's called, but if you believe that you're better than somebody, I think Lyndon Johnson talked about that too, where um, when he was president, that if you make the poorest white person believe that black people, the reason they don't have anything, they'll stop. You can pick their pocket. They won't even look at white people anymore. So that that actually still works. Wow. Yep. So the corporate tax rate was changed from 35% um, to 21%. And so here's what happened when that happened. Walmart um, used $30 billion to buy back stock. Um, they did bonuses and increased entry-level play. Um, entry level pay and then they closed 63 Sam's Club stores and laid off um, 10,000 workers AT&T they bought 20 billion dollars in stock buyback uh, to, yeah. and 1,600 employees were laid off Wells Fargo used 19 billion dollars to buy back stock and they closed 800, they're closing 800 branches over two years this is what them having more money did so the S&P companies bought back or repurchased 189 billion shares of stock in the first quarter of this year. Billions of dollars. They were like, if the companies get money, then they're going to put more money in your pockets. Apparently, they put more money in their own pockets. $189 billion. It's diversion. It's a diversion tactic. That's how they get you. Hey, yep. And speaking of the Trump voters, they fell for that ball. So 
They're talking about our uh, deficit going up to $21 trillion, by the way, because it is just picking up because we're not getting money in taxes. And so they're going to try to um, say that, oh, it's unemployment, it's, it's um, Medicare and Social Security that's doing it. Nope. You're, that This tax bill is adding to the deficit as it was going down under Obama. It was about $500 billion the, the national defi- the deficit was, but the national debt is going to be up to $21 billion because Trump is taking out almost $2 trillion out of – he created a $2 trillion deficit, so now that's going to go to your national debt. I hate to give you so much math, but anyway, it is happening. Now, um, a, court, a cult leader, 35, tells a court that he wanted to grow old with an 8-year-old girl that he is considering his bride. But now he admits that he was wrong after he faces a second sentence of 15 years to life in prison. So this guy, Samuel Schaefer, 34, he's 34 in Utah, told the court that he wanted to start a family and grow old with an 8-year-old girl. But after um, he pled guilty to child sodomy. Now, again, I know we don't talk about these stories much, but we have some sick people in this piece. Just need to put that out there. We, we do. We do. It's yeah. just, it just makes my stomach just, just, uh, it, I have daughters. Sick people. Yeah. Sick people. Yeah. So, you know, um, now, Chicago police on Saturday found more than. 1,500 pounds of marijuana totaling $10 million in street value during a routine traffic stop. Now, the police narcotics unit enlisted the help of a canine who inspected the vehicle, and the police said that they learned of marijuana being transported um, from from California to Chicago. How do you, I, I don't know what 1,500 um, pounds of marijuana is, but I would think you would be able to smell that, but that's just me. I'm saying I don't know anything about transporting, but apparently the dogs found it in the car. <laughs> I don't know what kind of car it was, but any, anyway, I won't, I won't give any, uh, I won't give any pointers about what car you should have had. I, I just don't know what kind of car it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't oh, tell us, Momo. You couldn't use a Hugo for that, can you? Like one of them little compacts. <laughs> You're like, I don't you don't like them all day. <laughs> All right, America approved. All right, we have time uh, for two more, two more stories, Jerome. We have time for two more. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, I'll do this. Missouri State University professor Alicia Walker asked men okay. to send both pictures and measurements of their Johnsons for a study, for an approved study. She said huh? that the the pictures of their <laughs> They, they, wanted to, they wanted to show how the size of your man stuff um, uh, affects your self-esteem. So she asked them to send pictures and measurements. So the photos were meant oh, to ensure gosh. all participants were measured the same way. She didn't get fired either, but that was a nice try. But um, they didn't fire her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh-uh. Pictures, measurements. Yeah, I don't even know where to go with that one. I said two more, Jerome. I guess is that the last one? Because if that's the last one, we can just go straight to where we need to go. I mean, you tell me. Wow. Well, I said no. That's not, that wasn't the last one. I just wanted to. I just wanted to put that one out there. I'm just saying. Thank you. Okay, so we have one more. Okay. I can't wait. How are you going to top this one? I can't wait to hear this. 
No, I can't give you the sensational one last anymore. I, I figured last time I left Kathleen in a horrible state for her week, so I couldn't do that. This time, <laughs> okay. a horrible, a horrible, uh, a horrified, uh, I'm calling it a horrible, but a horrified wife uh, watched her husband fall from a 150-foot cliff who was deaf in a waterfall in North Carolina after he tried to save their dog. And I, I guarantee you the dog survived. He went out there to get the dog. He slipped and fell and died, but the dog lived. Okay, so I want to do what a, a public service announcement. If your dog is missing, just say goodbye like the rest of us. <laughs> People are dying <laughs> saving animals. I know they're like a part of the family, but they are more, um, they, they are more, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, they could come back. Like, they, they are more residual Re- or whatever Reincarnation. It is. Well, no, no. Dog didn't die. You got, you went out on a 150-foot ledge to save a dog who had more balance than you did. <laughs> like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll end on that one, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's uh, I, I know. It. Okay, end on that note. That dude was stupidity that time. Go ahead. <laughs> white, white people and their dogs. All right. All right, folks. Well, we thank you so much for joining us this morning, but it's time for our last thoughts, ladies of first, and the very elegant Momo B is in the house. Final thoughts, Momo B. My final thought is it's July 1st, my favorite month. I wish you all well. It's nice and hot and toasty to be all around the world. I really miss you guys. It was nice hanging out with you. And black people, stay strong, stay positive, stay together. Stay together. That's the only way we got to beat this. Stay woke. Good words. All right, uh, uh, Jerome, man, final thoughts? Well, you know what? That was a good word by Vanessa, I mean by Momo. And I'm glad to hear Momo's voice and Vanessa's voice. So, you know, oh, I, you. today was much. always a good day. And I just want to tell everybody to keep on, keep on pushing on. I know what our topic was today, but, hey, sometimes it just needs to be said. And um, we're going to say it when it needs to be said. Everybody carry on and have a good week. Nothing to see here. You know, the thing is, I'm going to echo what Jerome said. You know, a lot of people sent some comments in, and, you know, and and once again, we get accused of being the angry black radio show and all this other nonsense. Bottom line is, you need to look in the mirror and look at yourselves. The situation that's been created in this country by your president is because of the fact that you people feel that you're superior to us. You feel that we have to ask your permission to do what we need to do. There's no way on God's green earth if that situation was reversed, if a black man stopped in front of a white woman and prevented her from entering her gated community, and she was a doctor, a prestigious doctor at a local hospital, that that guy would not have had been placed on the concrete face down within five minutes of the police arrival. You people need to understand that there's a double standard here. Wake up and smell the coffee. Realize what's going on. Just like I can't tell you how it is to be a white person in America, you damn sure can't tell me how it is to be a black person in America. And on that note, Mr. Spree, if it's Sunday we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side J. Rowe Show. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. So, for Vanessa Maybell, for Jackie, for Momo, good to hear her voice as always. And the smartest man in the world, Mr. Rowe, me. I'm Jay Robinson. Have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. See you next week.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.